Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you're listening to episode 173 of the Creator Smarts Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about my trip to Dubai. I visited NAS Summit in Dubai last week at a Creator Summit. It's the, um, yeah, it's it's definitely the biggest Creator Summit that's not taking place in the States, right? I'm always wondering why we don't have Creator events in Europe. Um, anyway, this one took place in Dubai. This was the second time they run this event. And um, it was two days full of talks. We had some really big names on stage. It was lots of networking. There was almost a thousand people there. And yeah, in this episode, I'm going to share with you my eight biggest takeaways from the event. So keep listening. This is the Creator Smarts Podcast, the number one podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following to build a smart and future-proof education business. I'm your host, Jan. Okay, so NAS Summit, right? NAS Summit is organized by the guys from NAS Daily. Um, as I said, this is the second time they run this event. And first of all, I have to say compliments to the team because it's 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 very well run. Um, on top of that, <laughs> like the, the the price that you pay is so low. And by the way, this podcast was not sponsored. <laughs> it's not sponsored by Summit. But whenever I go to events in US, greater events, it's very common to pay a thousand bucks. And then you go there and you don't get anything, right? So there is no food, there's no drinks. You just get access to the venue, to the presentations. That is, when you go to NAS Summit, I think they only charge two hundred and fifty for tickets, and it takes place. This time, it took place in the Medina Jumeida, which is a very exclusive hotel. Not just a hotel. I think it also comes with like restaurants. It's more like a, like a Medina, you know. Um, but then. Yeah, just extremely <laughs> the cleanest souk or the cleanest Medina you've ever seen. And um, yeah, it took place in this hotel at the Medina, uh, a five-star hotel. I think the cheapest room there was about seven, sorry, 900 to 1,000 bucks per night. So the venue was extremely, extremely cool. And um, yeah, you only pay 250 But Oh yeah, and it also came with drinks, like unlimited drinks, unlimited snacks, and unlimited food. So it's a breakfast lunch and dinner and on top of that in the evenings they run parties first party on a saturday night took place in the in the nas company's office and then the second night they basically rented out a space um zero gravity it's called it's basically a beach club and um it came with like a huge buffet everybody got two coupons for for drinks um they flew in i think it was denmark's number one dj and yeah, it was all included in that 250 bucks. So I'm, I'm, I really don't understand how the guys are able to pull off an event like this uh, while only selling tickets at a price of 250 bucks. They must have some really good sponsors. They did have two sponsors, which uh, and one of those sponsors was actually the Emirati government. So um, yeah, if you want to go to a creator event, then I really, yeah, really recommend you to go to Nassama next year because... Uh, depending where you're flying from, it's quite a flight to Dubai, right? But once you're there, and Dubai, by the way, itself is, is really expensive. It has become really expensive. When I, like, first time I went, it was like 10 years ago, but wow. Like, 
it's very normal to pay six bucks for like a cappuccino. It's just basically LA, LA prices. Um, but yeah, if you want to go to Dubai and you need a good excuse, then that summit is definitely one of them, right? So, um, so really good networking there. Um, you know, I usually travel by myself and, you know, you have to be lucky to find a person that you can really share things with and that really, that really get it. You know, people that who are useful. I'm not really talking about like useful as in business, although they could be, um, you know, just people that you feel like you can be peers with, um, you know, that you can have an interesting conversation with. It's always difficult because I find like whenever I go to these events, I'm, you know, I'm not a newbie. Most people who go to these events, usually newbies, right? I think uh, Vet Summit is an exception. A level there is much higher. Um, but I'm also not one of the speakers, right? So you also not get access to like the speaker's room where everything happens. So I'm kind of that in that, in between those two groups. But this time I managed to connect, you know, I managed to find people like me. Um, for example, like a young guy from the UK and he runs the biggest talent agency in Dubai for kids channels, right? Or maybe just in Dubai overall. Um, that's just one example. Anyway, I will stop talking about my experience. I will start talking about my eight biggest takeaways, right? Um the first interesting takeaway is that influencer marketing is not what it used to be. Um, you know, brands working with mainstream stream creators, they used to see good results, but yeah, nowadays those results are not, are actually declining. Um, I got this from a panel discussion with actual talent, uh, talent managers, right? So talent managers are usually they run an agency that helps sponsors or brands find the right influencers to promote that product and it helps the influencer find the right sponsor um, to generate more revenue for them, right? So that's what a talent manager does. And I've watched several panel discussions and, and this was something that kept coming back. It's like at a certain stage, sponsorship fees just run through the roof and actually, yeah, sponsors who, or brands who sponsor mainstream creators, they actually very often they don't seem the results that they were hoping for. They're actually losing on there. But, and this is the, the second takeaway, is that creators with smaller niche audience are actually still uh, very in demand by those talent agencies and brands. So this is a trend, right? Like when the whole YouTube thing started, brands were just looking for attention. But now as there is more and more niche channels out there, um, yeah, brands and talent agency actually find that there's have much better engagement with the audience. You know, it's just, as always, the power is in the niches, right? So the same thing, like if you're starting out as a YouTube creator and you're thinking, you think by yourself, shit, there's already so many creators out there. How am I going to be competitive? You just start very, very niche. It's also what we did with this podcast, right? I myself do have a background in marketing and in foreign languages. So at the beginning, if you scroll back, episode number one until, I don't know, 100 probably, I only talk to people who are in the um, in the niche of foreign language education, right? But then once you've hit the ceiling and you, are the, you really are the best in that niche or 
maybe you're the only one in that niche, which automatically makes you the best, right? Once you feel you've hit the ceiling, you're already working with some of the biggest names in that niche, you have reached your goals, then it's time to expand. Um, and another benefit if you do that is that you can actually create more value for brands as well, right? So third point, brands are in need, in desperate need of quality content. Consider creating promotional content for the brand's own use and 10x theirs and your results, right? I'm actually, so I, for those of you who are noticing it, I'm actually reading this from a LinkedIn post that I posted on earlier this week. So if we're not connecting there, then at me is my name and you can find my name in the, um, I guess in the description of this podcast episode, right? It's Jan van der A. And yeah, just uh, reach out, send a request and we will connect there. And you can get regular, uh, more content like this in a written form, right? Um, yeah, so brands are in desperate need of quality content. Is because it's difficult for brands. Like brands are big organizations, right? And it's big organizations are usually very slow. They might not know, you know, they have other stuff to do. They don't know what the trends are on YouTube or on TikTok. And for them, it's just very easy. On top of that, they have a budget, right? And it's just very, uh, it makes it very easy for them if they can just, you know, reach out to content creators who, who create content for them. They already have an audience. They know how to do it. They know what the trends are. They have that, that charisma. Um, their content oftentimes also doesn't look like an ad, right? It looks very natural. And that's the kind of content that big companies are looking for. So instead of just doing sponsorship, sponsorships, doing shout outs in your videos for brands, also consider, you know, you can just pitch them. You can just say, hey, what about if I create this piece of content for you and then you can share it on your social media. And if it's good, you can even run ads with it, right? And that makes it really, really valuable for that brand. So, you know, if you do that, you could potentially 10x your rates because you also 10x the results of the brands that you work with, right? This is a tip that some of the uh, talent managers, I heard some more people saying this on stage, which I thought was, yeah, it's important to, was important to write that down and share it with you guys on the podcast here, right? So think about sponsorships, think about how can you add more value to the brands that you're working with. And then as a result, you can also increase your rates, of course, right? There is actually people out there who don't have any audience and to reach out to brands offering this exact same thing, right? So it's basically just creating ads or creating content for companies. You don't even need to have an audience for that. Although if you have an audience, then obviously you have more social proof, you can charge more, you can also share that content with your own audience. Um, so it is more valuable, but you don't even need, <laughs> if you want to be a content creator and you, you don't have an audience, then... You know, you can just be, you can actually be a content creator with that, without having any audience, um, as long as some someone is going to watch it, and that someone could be someone who's in your, in the audience of the brand you're working with, right? Um, number four, creator burnout is still a big issue. Um, people keep talking about this at all the conferences where I go, at Vid Summit, at VidCon, um, same thing here at NAS Summit. I think. 
I mean, I, I work with creators, right? So I'm 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 getting it. Um, people talked a lot about the uh, expiration date of a creator, right? Which usually I had a discussion about this with Oli the other day. Is like, and he said creators don't expire. People don't expire. Content and formats expire. So you always need to be evolving. You always need to be looking for that next thing. And it can be very frustrating, right? Because, you know, as a content creator, you might be on your peak like after two or, th- or three years and you keep, you know, keep producing content. And after a while, trends change, you know, you have new people in your niche who who come in, uh, you can call them competitors, right? The format changes from long-form content to short-form content. There is a new generation of content creators who comes in, and you feel like, "Oh my God, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not keeping up with these guys anymore. I'm getting less views, so you're getting less money. You feel less creative. Maybe you have less energy, and then you know you can get to that stage where you feel like, "Oh my God, maybe I'm just expiring." All right. Um, and then people can burn out because they run out of ideas, they run out of finances, they run out of energy. And uh, Aline from Dear Aline, the YouTube channel, gave a talk on this. And she said, it's really important to share your struggles with other creators, see how they are dealing with creator burnout. Um, you can do that by joining communities. For example, our inner circle. This is not an ad. Um, delegate tasks. Extremely important, right? If you're trying to do too much, you are going to burn out, of course. Set realistic goals for yourself and so not be too harsh on yourself. Also, it's not always about the views, right? Or about the numbers of subscribers. Um, maybe you just want to create content that it's really good and you know it's really good and it is really helpful to people. Um, live a healthy lifestyle, work out, get enough sleep. And also very important, don't rely solely on AdSense, right? We talk about that all all the time on the podcast, right? Um, Your AdSense, the views that you get on YouTube, is not the business. It's your traffic. The business is everything that happens after you capture that email address, right? And the good thing about uh, YouTube or other social media platforms, the traffic, is that they actually pay you for getting traffic. So, um, yeah, I just, if you're listen, listening to this podcast, I just want to, you to make a mindset shift here, right? Yes, you are a creator, you have all the attention, but that's not where the real money is made. The real money is made when you start offering something, could be a product or services to your audience, right? Um, we talk about that all the time. Anyway, number five, WhatsApp newsletter are becoming popular at least in countries like India, it's still unclear whether this will become a trend in the West. Right, so actually somebody asked us this question in the uh, like the WhatsApp group that we run for the Inner Circle members, and somebody said, hey, I've heard about WhatsApp newsletters, is this something that I should try? And I said, I said no. And the reason I said no is not because it cannot work, because it can, but... The thing is that there are shiny objects like this coming around all the time, right? And shoot, you jump onto a new thing as soon as it come out. Like, if, if you do that, if that's, like, 
part of your decision-making process, like saying yes to all these new things that come out, then you're never going to focus on the things that really matter, right? So by default, my answer is always no. Um, and then, you know, you can always say, yeah, but, you know, if 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 I do this, if I try a WhatsApp newsletter and it's working and it actually becomes a success, then I'm going to be very early. I'm going to be first mover and I'm going to be very successful. And yes, there is always that chance, right? But it's it's a small chance. And if you try this a hundred times, yeah, you might you might be right once, but is it, is it worth it? I think the opportunity cost is so is is just too big. So whenever there comes a new feature or you know new software or whenever there's a new thing, I always like to wait until that thing has been proven by somebody else who took the risk. And I want original proof in your niche. I think it's something that you can try out for your audience. I think for now it's still too early. WhatsApp newsletters are expensive to run. Like you pay per you pay per subscriber, and it's way it's way more expensive than the email is. Of course, it comes with many advantages as well, right? Um, opening rates are much higher. There's more engagement. Um, and I think another thing that you need to take into account is that yes, WhatsApp newsletters are working apparently in countries like India, but um, in the West, people seem to be, people don't give that phone number that easily, right? There's more, they care more about privacy. Where WhatsApp, I mean, I was at this conference and there was, there was many, many, many Indians there, right? And everybody was asking for my phone number, for my WhatsApp. I said, sorry, man, but can't we just <laughs> can't we just connect on Instagram, uh, for example? Or, you know, can give you my email address. WhatsApp is more for close friends and family, right? Uh, that's not the case in, in some Asian countries. So maybe that's a reason why it's working there and not necessarily in the West. Um, another reason they said that we should pay attention to WhatsApp is that opening rates in... Um, in those countries are extremely low, um, you know, but as I said, like, as I told somebody uh, I met at a conference, like, if you look at the people that we work with, like, I would say that 70, 80, maybe even more than that percent of sales are still generated by emails. And if you send out good emails, um, you know, that educate, that are fun to read, then you should have opening rates that are over 40, 40%. We have over 40% opening rates for the email marketing that we do. And that brings in, yeah, more than 80% of the sales. So email marketing email marketing is definitely not that. Um, but I think it's interesting. You know, I think it's something that we should pay attention to. Like we should, we should look at where these WhatsApp newsletters is going. Maybe, maybe it's something that we can try as well in the future um yeah maybe just one more thing there so as i said we also run this uh we run a whatsapp group for the inner circle right for the six-figure group also for the seven-figure group that we have now uh what we actually noticed is that so th there's no newsletter here right but it is a really good way to host a community you know where people can talk to each other especially if the groups are not too big and if the people know each other so our groups aren't bigger than I think 20 or 30 people. Um, and people actually know each other. So there's lots of engagement there. There's lots of value being shared every day. Um, on top of that, once per year, we run our annual mastermind retreat. Like, 
so what I did, I just posted something in that group and said, hey, uh, we're running this event, who wants to come? And then people, you know, one person said, hey, sign me up. And then somebody else said, hey, sign me up. <laughs> so there is kind of, it's, it's also a really good marketing tool if you're trying to sell something to a small group of people because in six hours, we sold out the entire event. Um, it wasn't really intentional. Didn't really think about it, you know, before we started the group, but it also turns out that I think that WhatsApp groups can be a great tool to host a small community and um, even even as a tool to sell something exclusive, right, like this event. Um, so that definitely works. I'm not really sure if, yeah, newsletters can work. Maybe. Number six, creators are finally starting to realize they can't rely on AdSense and sponsorships. Well, this is something that we have been talking about since episode number one, right? And whenever I always go to these events, no, almost nobody's talking about this, about capturing email addresses or phone numbers, like on WhatsApp. Um, but this year, more and more people were talking about it. I'm not really sure why that is. Maybe because CPMs went down or maybe, um, you know, shorts, shorts took off and many of them saw AdSense revenue decline. Uh, maybe some of, some of them have been doing YouTube for a few years now. They feel like they are expiring and they th- start thinking about other ways to monetize their audience. So not really sure what caused this, but yeah, this year, way more people were talking about this. Like not just one talk, many, many speakers talked about um, diversifying by selling online products or services. It doesn't even, doesn't even have to be online, by the way. Um Number seven, the best way to build a business off social media platforms is to offer paid communities, courses, physical products, events, consulting, or even open your own physical school or a guest house like Los LeBlanc did, um, a travel creator. Um, Yeah, so offering paid communities, right? This seems to be another big thing. We already know that if you are, if you have an educational channel, you can sell courses. I still think that that's the best way to uh, to monetize to monetize and provide value to your audience. Uh, people start talking a lot more about communities nowadays. There is platforms like like UScreen, um, which is you know a platform like Thinkific and Teachable, but then specifically for communities. The guys from Nas Daily actually launched their own software as well. It's called NAS.io. Um, it's also software that you can uh, host to, that you can use to host your communities and they have this WhatsApp integration there, right? So they are really big on um, on, on using WhatsApp. Um, are communities better than, better than courses? I think, you know, the best solution is probably is both. So you offer a course and then on top of that, people get access to a community, maybe a WhatsApp group. Um, I do think that for certain niches, like fitness, for example, um, you know, this is something that we have been talking about with with Amy Wong, the, uh, the fitness influencer. I think she's the biggest creator in Hong Kong, about six million subs, one of the biggest uh, creators in the health and fitness space. And we've been doing lots of research for her, and we actually find out that you know, for fitness or for her audience, like they already they, they already get the workouts on her channel for free, right? So what are you going to offer in a course? The content is already available for free. What you then can do 
is offer a community, an exclusive community for that audience, where, for example, gay, they can do monthly challenges, risk accountability, um, yeah, that kind of stuff. So I think that communities can work well for uh, for people like like Emmy, uh, people in the fitness space in general, right? Because the most difficult thing is not knowing what to do, it's actually do it and the accountability. Um, and then there is also channels where you know, that are not educational and it's hard to sell a course, but where people still feel like they want to get more access to you or they want more intimacy. So I think the community, I think that almost any creator can run a community. So it's it's just for a broader audience. But again, if you're listening to this and you have a educational channel where you actually teach something um, or if you have an entertainment-based channel where people still want to learn a specific hard skill from you, then I still think that courses are the best way to do it. Uh, it's only for a relatively small audience, though, because you know most channels that are out there, like the most popular channels, are entertainment-driven channels, not necessarily educational. Okay, last one, number eight. AI won't replace content creators anytime soon. However, creators who don't use AI to help them increase their productivity will have a hard time keeping up. Use AI tools to help you write video descriptions, scripts, uh, create visuals, B-roll, edit videos, SEO, etc. So this was uh, Paul. I forgot his last name. Paul. Paul Backhouse, is that his name? Sorry, Paul, if you're listening to this. Um, he w- he works for Spotter, and he gave a presentation about AI and what AI tools could do. And his presentation was actually, like some of the things that he shared in his presentation were only a few days old, some of the software, because these tools keep developing so fast that, you know, whatever... <laughs> Whatever he would be sharing in his presentations, like would expire, uh, something new would pop pop up a few days later. So, um, I guess the biggest takeaway here is that if you are, uh, if you create videos, you really sign up for. Not really sure what the smartest thing to do here, but really keep an eye on which tools are available. Not sure if you have seen it, but you know there is now this this plugin that you can use in your video editor. Don't remember which video editor it was, but it basically would automatically cut um, an interview, a video interview, right? So you do a video interview with, with two or three cameras, right? One pointed at you, the other one at the guest that you interview, and then like a, a wide angle shot. Like now there is software that will automatically cut the interview. Um and and switch camera angles and yeah it could do it instantly um there's also software out there now that can automatically create b-roll for your videos so you don't need to search for b-roll anymore um and all the stuff is developing so far so tomorrow or next week even more things are going to be possible so really keep it <laughs> I got my son here who is distracting me from <laughs> recording this podcast. Anyway, we got to the end of this. Uh... Lucas, you want to you say something? No? Okay. So, um, yeah, that's it. 
those were my eight biggest takeaways. I'm going to repeat that once. I'm going to repeat them once more, right? So number one, influencer marketing is not what it used to be. Um, creators with smaller niche audience are still getting good results for brands. Number three, brands are in desperate, in desperate need for quality content. Creator, consider creating content for them, for their use. Number four, creator burnout is still a big issue. Number five, WhatsApp newsletters are becoming popular, at least in countries like India. Number six, creators are finally starting to realize that they can't rely on AdSense. Number seven, the best way to build a business off social media is to offer paid communities, courses, physical products, etc. And number eight, AI won't replace content creators anytime soon, but make sure that you use the tools that are available. Otherwise, you will be left behind. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Talk to you in the next episode. All right, thanks for listening. And if you know any other YouTube creators, Instagram creators, doesn't matter. As long as they are in education, they teach something in online. And if they have the ambition to create online courses, maybe they already have online courses, then send them to this podcast because the more people listen, the more motivated I will be to create interesting content, uh, the more power we will have to get influential guests on the show. And uh, yeah, that's also going to benefit you. So let them know. Send them to the Creator Smarts podcast. Thanks.